If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's essentially the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need on one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your pod right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your pod on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So I have a friend who said she met her man by being willing to go on 50 dates. So I was like, that's a great idea. I'm just going to be willing to go on 50 dates this year. So I totally committed to that. Then the pandemic hit. So now I've decided to go on 50 dates with myself. The idea being that on each date, I am going with the intention of giving myself something that I would like to have in a partnership with someone else. For example, fun, peace, joy, gratitude, emotional security, chemistry, excitement, whatever, whatever I think a relationship is going to give me. So um, now I'm here, I'm setting out to do these 50 dates and I'm about to take a dive into Lake Melinda. Take a dive into Lake me, Linda. Get to know this little gal. What makes her tick? What's she all about? What is she all about? As our Canadian friends might say. Because by the way, P.S., How can I have a great relationship with someone else if I don't have a great one with me first, right? I mean, the the, the relationship I attract can only be as good as the one I have with myself. So I got to know that basically... I'm never going to leave me. Otherwise, how can I risk the vulnerability it takes to be in a partnership? So basically, I'm excited to do this because I feel like it's going to give me unconditional love for myself. That's my hope anyway. Because I honestly, I don't think I've ever really had it. Like really, really like secretly. I mean, I've always been like, yeah, I love myself. Yeah, but it's like, secretly it was very conditional very contingent on whether or not I happened to be working on a really cool job or dating someone fabulous that's not unconditional love that's condition love kind of like you get the love when you've earned it so I'm going on these 50 dates really um to find to find the unconditioned love within me so that I can come to my future partnership as a full person, not just a persona. It's kind of exactly like eat, pray, love, except instead of going to Italy to eat pasta, I'm eating gluten-free cauliflower pizza 
in East Hollywood. Instead of visiting an ashram in India, I'm meditating on my couch. Instead of having hot sex with a fellow spiritual seeker in Bali, I'm spooning with my cat, Stardust, named after Ziggy Stardust, of course. I'm going to be talking about this journey on my podcast, so stay tuned and see what happens. Hey guys, thanks so much for being here for Let's Process This with Melinda Hill, the show that explores overcoming trauma and obstacles and how that informs the creative process and basically whatever else we feel like talking about. My fabulous guest today is Kate Miller, who has been on Broadway with Carol Burnett and Michael Sheen. She had one of the first animated series on Adult Swim. She recently wrapped Aaron Sorkin's latest film, The Trial of the Chicago 7. She can also be seen in the new series, Hightown for Stars, premiering May 17th, created by Rebecca Cutter, who was on a previous episode of mine. Kate is really a great gal, and I, I always tell her I love seeing her, her posts online about her fabulous vacations, and actually, um, I, I wrote her, and I, and I asked her, you know, like, hey, how do you find a, a great partnership or a great marriage? And she just straight up told me, like, you basically are friends with a guy for a decade, and one night you ugly cry, and like you end up together or something to that effect. And so I, I asked her again uh, about this on, on my podcast and here's what she has to say. It really gelled. And transitions are hard. So life is really hard for me then. And I think, I think all that vulnerability made me grow up and really see that the healthy choice is always to be with someone that, you know, sees you, all of you. So you guys were friends, and he, you really got to know each, all he of each other. Everybody for like twenty years. <laughs> what do you mean? He like any guy I dated, like any guy. He's like, yeah, I know how that's gonna end. <laughs> this asshole, you know, like he was just. <laughs> and we were in on everything with each other. I met almost all of the women he'd ever been with, and girls. I'll add, <laughs> um, you know. So that helps. And, you know, you see the highlight reel on social media for everybody. Nobody's marriage is perfect. I can't believe I even ended up getting married. I know he can't believe he's married now. It's it's tough. And a lot of that travel is because he does a bunch of conventions. And we just blend work and, and travel together, you know. I love so. seeing your, um, your posts about the places you guys go. And you're so creative and great about posting. So I, that's very inspiring. So basically be friends with someone and get to really know them. And I mean, everybody says that, but it's not that easy to have a true friend either. You know, what point did you like go? This is the guy. I really do think on some level, I always knew that I, I just wasn't ready and he wasn't ready. You know, I mean, we're still working at it. It's, it's, it's hard. I don't know. How do you so guys work at it? Pandemic, we're looking at each other going, are you really the person for me? And, and spurts because we're, you know, proximity issues. I think if you do the work on yourself, I think more you're awful in a marriage and show your worst and things continue to get forgiven. You know, it makes you stronger. 
I think that's so inspiring. Thanks for sharing that, Kate. Sure. I love God. I love your I know nothing. But Kate Miller, relationship expert, but she's more than that. Kate has been on Broadway with Carol Burnett and Michael Sheen and had one of the first animated series on Adult Swim, recently wrapped Aaron Sorkin's latest film, The Trial of the Chicago 7, and can be seen in the new series, Hightown, for stars premiering May 17th. So I'm very excited that you're you in this. You had Rebecca on, which, you know, I, I think of it more as Rebecca Cutter's series than the Jerry Metz Jerry Brock on my TV. But, and I'm, I'm in and out. I'm at the very end in a couple of episodes. I'm like, you know, where there's crime and drugs and, you know, drama and cops and, stuff like that there's always a lawyer so I'm just the token lawyer that's incredible to yeah. get any role in anything that's that's and, and that script and that writing and that team I'll tell you I've been in this business a long time and I think I wrote in a question when you were talking to her and I remember auditioning for it when it was p-town and we read so many scripts as actresses and actors right there's just there's a lot of shit out there and it's good. It's just good. I can't wait and to see it. Everybody's so talented in front of and behind the camera. Like I, I'm just thrilled. I'm amazed I ever work at all. Every time I get a job, I'm like, Oh my God, really? Like still, you know, I was like retroactively retired when I got out to LA. Cause it's not like my, I don't have the home court advantage here and focused on the house and the marriage and the whole thing for a little while. So I really only kind of started to get back in my groove, maybe 2017, 2016. But, uh, okay. Yeah, so let's talk about projects. that. I'm thrilled. Yeah, they look great. And I love Rebecca's interview. You guys can listen to my interview with Rebecca on let's Pro process this podcast, um, oh, link in my bio. Awesome. And she talked about how she created that show and how she got her first writing job at age 37, which was super inspiring. Very inspiring. Um, so Kate, um, What's the difference basically between doing Broadway and TV and film for you and like the difference between theater and animation? I mean, I think any actor would say that. You were on core, Broadway, first of all, like not that many people ever get to be on Broadway. And luckily, knock on wood, it happened twice. I'm waiting for number three. I'd rather, I, I'm glad it's been so long, but now I feel, I feel so much more in control of my self as a person and, and my work is better because of that. And I would just love, I would just, I hope I get the chance to do it again in my life. But yeah, two very different kinds of plays too. I mean, one was farce, super high, heightened comedy with Carol Burnett. And then the other one was Amadeus, you know, like Peter Schaefer, like just heavy. But um, did you have to audition for tons of stuff to get those two? I, I got lucky out of the gate. Moon Over Buffalo with Carol Burnett was my first Broadway audition, and I've been slightly pissed off about my career ever since because that was so easy, and nothing else has been. You know? What do you like, attribute it to? Actor when you're young, I was like 25. What do you I'm attribute so it to? Um, I left home young. I had a I had a kind of a tough childhood. I left home at 16, and I put myself through college, and I went as far away from where I'm from, West Virginia, as I could get in a new visuals you know I lived at the beach and I, I just was determined to prove to myself that I wasn't who I thought I was do you know what I mean or who I was conditioned to believe I was supposed to be so you were so really I, I had a lot of ambition when I was young you were really ambitious how did I you love anything in this business if you get a good gig it's luck there's always luck you know how did you overcome the the traumatic childhood 
I haven't. I was a mess all day yesterday. It was Mother's Day. I, yeah. I don't think you ever overcome it. Yeah. I think you learn how to manage it better. You know, boundaries. That's why I didn't get married till I was 45. I didn't know how to let anybody love me or love back the right I still am learning how to love back the right way. How do you learn those things? I know I, I'm working on that too. I'm on the same journey. So I, how do you do it? Like what? Stay modality? away from people that talk about meditation. That sound like this. For sure. <laughs> do you, it's do personal you, and private, I think. Yeah. You know, like your work is like, I, I mean, that's why I think that's why I became an actor. I needed a place to put, I had so much emotion and was in such a chaotic place in my youth and, and not a safe place. And it really felt like a safe place for me for all my emotions. Because first of all, you step outside of yourself and you live in the world of another person and mind of another person. If you're good, you do, you know, I mean, it's, it's, that's meditation. It's an out of body experience. I haven't had as much chance to do it, do it that depthfully in, in terms of TV and film as I have in theater. You know, you can get lost in performance for two hours straight or if you have a, a, a series regular and you get to be in 12 or 24 episodes or 40 or whatever, you get the chance to really immerse yourself. But I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling now. Okay. What, Sorry. let me get, let me, um, let me ask you this. Okay. What has this, did that like sort of overcoming your child? I don't know why I just froze on that. Oh, there we go. Did that. Oh, I remember your question. You said, what was the difference between Broadway and TV and film? And then you asked me something quickly after that. And I think I didn't answer that first one. What, what what's the difference between Broadway and TV and there film? isn't any. Was what I was I was I was on the way to saying I don't think there is any in terms of like the core work. Did I say that? I missed the scalpel and laser. Uh, Michael Caine said TV and film is like acting or operating with a laser, and the theater is like with a scalpel. Okay, it's, it's bigger, and it's a shared experience with energy. And the and they all, I hope I'm so sad for Broadway. All of this, just you know. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? It it's is so weird. Are you mostly? We'll back. Are you mostly in L- in New York or LA these days? Well, before this shit show hit, um, <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty um, even. Okay. You know, like I would go back for eight to twelve weeks because I would be busy or shooting something or auditions. I mean, I have so many miles. I can go to the Burbank Airport and get on a flight in a day if. I get a producer session or a recurring comes back or something, you know? So Do you think, don't you think that sort of having that childhood kind of helped you have the career that you have though? Yeah, but it's not the career. I'm still not satisfied. It's weird. I'm not satisfied with my career and I'm also not, I'm not as attached to it or as ambitious about it as I was when I was younger either. Because all I really fucking want now is just peace. Like, I'm just after some peace. What are you doing to get peace? What's your process? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I know how to be still. Like, I, it's, it's taken me this long to learn how to ever, like, just really be still. Like, meditate? And yeah, I do. Um, I'm not, like, super addicted to it. But I do it when I need it. I'm, I'm cook, addicted to I it. I cook. I garden. I'm big on baths. I read. I write. You know, my animals. I don't know. It's funny because we were, when all this hit and it was really intense in April and we were all shut in, I said to John, I said, I don't know why this feels so easy for me. 
And I kept thinking about it. I kept thinking about it. And I grew up, you know, in the holler, basically, in West Virginia with no one around, with one grocery store, no restaurant, one stop sign. And it's what you do. You just sit in your yard and you watch a bunny or you watch a bird or, you know, you drink your tea in your rocking chair. You chuck corn. You do whatever to pass the time. The simple kind of you know, tasks of life, I find meditative. Yeah, I come from and I like wine. Yeah, (laughs) well, wine is like a a bath for your brain. I'm Um, a lightweight, though. I'm like, John says I'm a cheap date, but an expensive wife. Like I'm not, I've never been a, I can't, I'm not a big drinker, but I love it with a good meal. You know, yeah, I love all the romance stuff of life. I love trees and flowers and pretty things. I like making my environment pretty and I can get lost and luckily in things like that. You know, life is art. It's to be created too. That's how I feel too. And I also think with Mother's Day being, you know, challenging for people without that good mother figure is like, I just use it as an opportunity to be grateful for the reparenting, you know, that I've... and the people in to your do. life that become your mom. How many moms do I have, like adopted moms? Like I met Warner Laughlin and not only did she change my life with like acting technique and she's just, I just, I, she's just such a mother figure for me. I love that woman so much. There's so many. My girlfriends are, you know, you had another girlfriend on. Look what's right here. You had my friend Nada on. That's um, right. Nada Disney. You know, I think all women are moms. We all have that womb energy. We all have that protective, nurturing thing in us. I think, you know. Kate, let me ask you, do you have a creative process? Like, do you write and do other things besides act? I do. I have a lot of stuff kind of stashed away at the moment. I, I honestly feel horribly lazy. Hey, Fran! Francesca, excuse me, live video. Fran, John, will you please get her? Fran, speaking of being a mom, there she is. I have a lot of animals. That's exciting Um, for babies. You know, I was saying everybody's doing their own shit right now, and I feel so lazy about it. And I've got things that I want to try to get done and get made and. I don't know. I, I always, I see myself as an actress first and foremost. I'm not great with the whole, let's do a pitch meeting and get my script going. I'm, I'm not, That's I'm not, not you. confident in that world yet. Yeah. You you're know? an actress. But I write a lot. I do write a lot. Okay, cool. And so like, what is your writing process? Do you write like a few times a week or? I honestly wait for inspiration. I love it. Then I hate myself if I sit down and nothing comes out. You have a date with inspiration. You know, and when I do, it flows. I can get shit done like that. If I'm, if I'm okay, I'm going to be disciplined and sit down and write something. And I, and I honestly feel too, like with social media and writing your, as cheesy as it is, and I probably spend too much time on the damn thing. But I try to be creative there too with captions and what I write. And I love your posts. Are I you kidding you me? Have to be, if you're going to be on social media, you have to be intellectually and emotionally and spiritually conscious and responsible i think that you could write a travel book with your vacation <laughs> right. there's I, some of that there's some of that i just contributed to medium a big article about 
coming of age sexually and how, you know. I loved that. Yeah, thanks. I thought that was important. Most of my family got very upset with me over that. But what did did they, did they stop talking to you or what happened? Yeah, <laughs> they've dwindled over the years. Oh my gosh, I I'm had such an. I am such like the black sheep of my family. It's okay. Um, I had an aunt stop talking to me over these videos I made with E.G. Daily called Melania Trump's cousins. I mean, whatever. A lot of it is the Trump shit. A lot of it is just we're just it fundamentally. Div- it divides families. It's it's sad. We're fundamentally incompatible, though. You know. And I want to be seen and understood. I don't want to. I don't want to be in the company of anybody, whether they're family or work colleagues or, you know, neighbors. Anybody. I don't want to be in the company of anybody that doesn't see me. I don't want to have to be going like this and misunderstood. You know. Oh, totally. I think also there's a thing where it's like you have your chosen family, you know, of yes. creatives that that is genuinely like my family. But also there's a thing with my a family of origin where it's like, I've come to a place where it's like, I can let people off the hook in the sense that I no longer have expectations of them. And oh, I, I don't like, need, yeah. Like, I don't need the love that I used to need. Yeah. yeah just, I don't need their validation. Yeah. Like I wish them well, I bless them, all that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, um, no hard feelings, no evil, no ill will, no revenge, no drama. I do not participate in drama. Either. No, I'm not good at that. Not carrying anymore. that. But it's also like a thing where it's like, Okay, but that doesn't mean I have to, you know, we have to like hang out. Like I can right. I can send you, you know, positive pause vibes without yeah. like us planning yeah. a vacation together. Okay, I want to ask you this while I still have you. What advice would you give to someone aspiring to have an acting career and a good marriage? Oh god. <laughs> I mean, it's the same advice for all of life, right? Just be true to yourself. I think that I think that marriage chooses you, and I think that being an actor chooses you. I think if you're I think if you're one of those girls that's like, oh my god, I'm 31, I'm not married, I have to get married, and they marry whoever they're dating at the moment, and just you're here now, please propose to me so I can have a wedding. You know those girls. We all do. That's not being true to yourself. Well, those girls have had two right? di- two divorces now. Also, I want to be famous. I think I'll choose acting. No, it doesn't work like that. Have you, you have heard? To, you have to be called to it. Have you no. heard that thing that you can't, you can't soothe, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't soothe the, the inner child with uh, sex, drugs, fame, or money. It, it's, it can only. I've done all of it and it was fucking awesome when I did it, but then it got old and it didn't fulfill me anymore. It didn't, it, it was no longer soothing. All those phases. I did all of that and it worked for a little while. Oh, really? Not, not in the long term. Which know? things worked? By the way, do you like my low budget sign? All of it. Do I like your what? Low budget sign. Low It's great. Let's process this with, with, with Let's my, process this. with my LBC. Asian tree. I'm going to get you a sign made. I'm going to get you a big banner. Thank LPT, you. Like OPP, but LPT. I'll take it. Um, I was a big, uh, sex was my, my drug of choice. For really? Yeah. Um, you know. How'd I'm that work big, out? I'm not a big drinker. I'm not a good drinker. I was never, I was never, the substance thing never, I never really like flattened out. I did too much of stuff. I got way too high for too long. And one time I left, I used to live on 26th and 7th. In Chelsea, and I don't know if you know the Whole Foods on 7th Avenue, they're like on 23rd. 
And I hadn't even gotten high that day, I don't think. But I got three blocks away from the Whole Foods and I still had my cart with me. <laughs> and I was like, I think I'm smoking too much pot. I'm not going to do that anymore. You that's, know? Well, that's the, the, the time before they had the locks in the... Yes. So, yeah. like, what? Do you just smoke a bunch of pot every day? Did you just, like, wake and bake? Yeah. I mean, it started in college. I lived at the beach in college. I put a bomb, pack a bomb, and put it by my bed. So sure. as soon as my alarm went off, you know, mm -hmm. I escaped definitely through weed a lot. Alcohol was never my thing. You mm -hmm. know, I did a little cocaine because I go-go'd mm -hmm. and I was in San Diego in college, which was like the birthplace of crystal meth. Uh -huh. And I never touched it while I was there. And then I moved to New York in my early twenties and I go-go'd with Holly Ramos and a few other. I think I met you through Holly at one of her dance parties out here in Silver Lake. I love, I, I love Holly Ramos um, so much. But anyway, that dance party was fun. I, yeah, totally. I just went to her um word virtual um dance party. Um, she had one on Zoom. Like I know a, I did it for for Green Door because I used to work at Green Door. Oh my god! Yeah, small world and Jesse Mullen. Totally small world and Nate and Rebecca. I mean, it's it's a crazy small world. I love Jesse Mullen too. Yes, yes, yes. He's I got great. to open for them. Holly, they hired me to open for their awesome show. Um, Where at Berlin Ho Hotel Cafe? I oh, wish Berlin. I it, it was so fun though. They, they're they're incredible. Okay, sorry I think guys. I was back in New York. I remember that invite. I think I wasn't in town. So you were in um you were in that scene, the Green Door scene. You were you yes. were like a go-go dancer. You were waking and baking. And then I got Broadway. You were forgetting your <laughs> shopping carts, and then you were on Broadway. What a life. I mean, and you what know. what was like the like how how did you know what was your your dating like? Were you, were you just going through like a little book, just like I'm going to go out with this guy. I'm going to like. I either got completely obsessed that someone didn't return my affections and I would cry over them too much. And when they were totally not worthy or I acted like the man and was hugely aggressive and racked up a black book. Seduced and abandoned. Really kind of nowhere in between, you know, you were a seduced and abandoner. Oh, totally. Totally. Love it. And yeah. at what point were you like, mm, not really working anymore? You know, like in my early 20s, I didn't have any sex for like a year and a half. Like I stopped because college was so insane. And then as you get older, like I just, like probably like 38, 39, I just lost interest. And then John and I gelled at like 42 romantically, you know? That's so, so inspiring. And I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to crochet and have some cats. And I'm fine with that, you know? <laughs> and what how was your wedding where'd you get married big sir super simple i love super big sir like i think the ceremony lasted five ten minutes i got my dress off of a rack somewhere it was i was when you're that old it's not about any of that stuff you know like i just wanted to have good breakfast pizzas and bloody marys and keep it simple and we traveled up there a bunch together you know in our early relationship do you guys so. go to esalon we went to Esalon once. Esalon's and Big Sur. What did you do? Like, did you take a seminar there? See, now, I went through that hippie phase, too, for sure. Not now. I'm a bougie bitch now. I'm like, no. No. You know, John's like, oh, my God, there's no lockers. There's just a hook for our, our stuff. Everything you know, there's old people. It's just a free-for-all of nudity and truth. 
And he's like, I don't know if this was the best thing to do the day after. <laughs> That's a happy memory with him, actually. So, what like, we're going to talk about. You sent me a bunch of questions. Oh, yeah. So, here, let me get back to your final question. Okay. Final question with Kate. By the way, do you guys have any questions? We're going to audience questions. Um, what is your dream job? So now you've done like all these, all these like cool characters and dramas. You've done animation. You've done Broadway. Like what? Yeah, we didn't even really talk about the animation stuff, did we? I joke and say I've done everything sort of porn and infomercials, you know? Play a lot of lawyers. The Blue Bloods, Steve Sharipa's ex-wife, the Viviana Benamarco in Blue Bloods is really fun because she's like a tough Jersey bitch with like loud clothes and I was tapped to come back for that, to reprise that role. And then shit happens. Yeah. Life happens, you know, so yeah. we'll see with that. But dream role, I don't know. I would like to get back on Broadway and do some some pinter, you know. I, I would love to do Shakespeare in the Park at some point in my career. Wow, um, pinter, that's intense. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm theatrically trained, so I think I'd just go there, you know? And I wanted to say something. I was just shooting the shit with John over dinner and reading out loud your questions that you sent. I mean, animation and theater are so similar, right? Heightened reality. Yeah. You have to do an accent a lot in, in theater. Yeah. I mean, I did a British accent on Broadway for a year. Amazing. So animation and theater are so similar. Yeah. That performance level of it as well. You know, well, um, I I had to do Three Sisters, which was a three oh, yeah. three hour show every night when that I moved to LA, and I had to cry. I was playing Arena, so I had to cry every night, um, and it was a lot. But it really helped me with stand up comedy because you sure. have to memorize three hours and hit these marks crying. Like sure. comedy after that is pretty easy, actually. Okay, so here are some questions. Oh, do you have advice for aspiring voice actors? I don't because it's such a saturated industry now. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody wants to do it because it's kind of a dream job. You know, what else can you do in your sweats and get your bills paid? It's yeah. fun. Uh, take a class, make a demo tape, pay attention to the greats. Watch John's documentary. I know that voice. Oh, um, I got to see that. I'm going to watch it's that. Such a it's such a valentine to that end of the industry. Somebody, I think Dee Bradley Baker's got a really great course or book. I think Rob Paulson's books or book is good. You know, everybody and wants to be a voice actor now. You really do have to be an actor to first be and an foremost, act, yeah. though. And you also have to be born with some talent and the aptitude to be to be good yeah and also stick Thanks, around stick around and hear um my interview with john next uh, he he might have some advice to that as well and our final yeah. question is how was it working on blue bloods somebody asked blue bloods is a well-oiled machine it's a new york institution it's like law and order was you know it's it's effortless it's it flows it's organized they're lovely bridget's lovely steve's lovely that whole Cast and crew are, are great. I mean, I only did that one big guest star and was supposed to come back. That just happened recently, too, like within the last year, I think. But um, lovely. You know, I love working. It's playtime. It's the best. It's hard to not like a fellow actor. They're, they're our tribe. It's, we're tri it's tribal. We're all in the zoo together. It's, I love it. I love it. It's the best. I think that's why so many people get married, too, who meet on set, because you're on that high. You literally, like... Sure you're bonding and then like you have, yep. you have no real world concerns at that time. You have no bills to pay. You have no, you have food every day provided. And it's like you, you're doing what you love and it, 
you're just like, ah, and then you get offset and you're like, oh, who's this person? Um, Kate. That was fun. I could do it forever. You're you're a delight. Thank Thank you for coming on today. You're just a delight. Hi guys. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I so appreciate you. We could not do this without your support. So thank you so much for sharing the podcast with anyone who you think could benefit or enjoy it on your socials, um, to your email list, etc. And also if you would like to be a patron of the podcast, you can actually just click on anchor to become a patron for any amount that you want to pledge per month to keep the podcast going, any and all contributions are greatly appreciated. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week on Let's Process This with Melinda Hill. Yeah.